Welcome to the Busy Fit Podcast, Episode 8. In our previous episode, we covered how and why Mayhoria Training came into business and what we do. Uh, today, we're excited to bring you a presentation by Aaron Duvall, our Director of Online Programming. He's going to go into how to create New Year's resolutions that are done in a sustainable way that you can build upon month after month to make sure you reach your goals 6, 12, 18 months from now. Thanks for joining yeah, us today, thank you, Aaron. Justin. Yeah, I think this is, uh, you know, we're a couple weeks late, but that's okay. I'm kind of talking about uh, just the, the new year, new me concept. And I think that it's uh, an important time of year for a lot of reasons. Uh, but one big one being that, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, this seems to be a time of year period where a lot of people think like, okay, we're going into a new year, like, I want to change something. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to be a better version or more productive or healthier, fitter, whatever, you know, that may be. So I think this is a good time and good opportunity for us, whether people already have some sort of New Year's resolution or they're still figuring out, like they may have that vague idea, like, yeah, well, I do want to be healthier, but don't really know what that means or what that looks like yet to hopefully maybe provide some directions context of what that can look like as we dive in deeper into the new year 2024 here. So I'll kind of talk through four different bullet points or we'll call them steps towards making these new year's resolutions sustainable. Uh, and so one thing to keep in mind before I go through all of uh, these four steps is that really just to give the reminder that it's okay. And honestly, it's pretty much it's pretty recommended to start slow when it comes to this. I think one area where people tend to, you know, mess up or you know, may kind of shoot themselves in the foot is they think like, okay, it's a new year, I'm going to completely flip everything about my life and do it right now and like go cold turkey this and do a complete 180 on that and it, it ends up, you know, 2 3 weeks down the road like they're burnt out and things start falling apart. One thing falls away. And then before we know it, you know, we're two, three months into the year and we're just back to the same old habit. So it is really recommended to start slow with this. You know, there's the old proverb of the journey of a thousand steps or sorry, journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. That single step and that next single step is what we really need to focus on. We need to make steps forward not just these big gigantic strides, because again, that's not really sustainable. It is a marathon. Uh, it's not a sprint when we're talking about trying to become healthier, better, stronger, fitter versions of ourselves, right? So the four steps we'll kind of talk through. The first one is, as dumb as it sounds, we need to determine goals and we need to determine like, okay, well, what's an ideal outcome for me? If I'm going to look back at the end of 2024, like what do I want to see myself accomplish? Next thing is going to be we need to be able to have some sort of self-reflection so that we can understand boundaries and limiting factors with those goals. Uh, the next, again, another obvious one here is we need to develop a plan. And we'll kind of go through, at least from like a, a strength and endurance training standpoint, uh, a few little bullet points that I think we can add into what that plan might look like, uh, just as far as like general rules of thumb. Uh, but then the fourth step, lastly, we need to make sure that we give ourselves some grace and let ourselves adapt and evolve as needed. Another way that I think a lot of people might mess up is that they come up with this plan that objectively on paper may look really perfect right at first, but then again, they go two, three months and then 
you know, they, they realize, oh, shoot, I am taking those big, gigantic strides. I'm not going at this slow enough or this isn't really relevant to, you know, the goals that I had in mind initially or it's not working. Like the first draft of any sort of research paper or book are rarely the final draft. Like we need to, again, give ourselves some grace and let us go through a couple different revisions to figure out what's sustainable, what's realistic and what's appropriate for us. So, again, step one, determining goals. Step two, understanding the boundaries and factors that could limit us from achieving those goals. Step three, developing that plan. And then step four, adapting and evolving as needed. Aaron, I think this is a great thing for us to be talking about, especially as we come off the holidays. You know, there's a period where people are probably really inconsistent with their exercise or inconsistent with what their plan is. And they may come back on, you know, day one and go back into like a full routine and try and, you know, dive into things right away. Like say, for example, they don't normally exercise, you know, over the last month and then they go to working out four or five days a week, they add playing basketball and within the first week, they get hurt and they get frustrated, like, oh, why isn't this process working? And in reality, like they haven't built the foundation there to set themselves up to be successful over time because they just dove like straight in as opposed to easing in and building a foundation and then slowly adding upon. Yeah, that. I like that. I think that's a really good point. Like we can only build that pyramid of our health and wellness as tall and robust as our foundation wellness too. So we don't take time to actually pour the concrete, settle that make sure we're building a, a good foundation and again, that, that pyramid as we, we grow up and more specific isn't going to be sustainable and you know at the worst case scenario could potentially collapse so um yeah so i think we can just dive into this uh like i said step one being you know let's figure out okay well what is the goal what is the desirable outcome i think this goes back to like, I hope I don't sound too much like the, you know, the grade school teacher that's like, okay, let's go over SMART goals and what that acronym means and all that. But at the same time, I do think it's really important that we adhere to those kind of rules with that acronym of establishing a SMART goal. So um, most people know that means just making it specific, making it measurable, making it achievable, relevant, and time-oriented. I think the best Thing that we can do for ourselves outside of, you know, taking that first step is to make sure that the goal that we're setting forth is all of those things. Like if I just come into the year and like I alluded to earlier, if I just say, oh, well, I want to be stronger. Well, that's not very specific. That's not, that's, that's measurable, but that's very vaguely measurable. That may be achievable. Um, but like, you know, okay, in what time frame, like what relevance does that have to everything else? Why do I want to get stronger, whatever else? So I think the more specific that we can be with what we want, the better. Um, also, I think it's worth mentioning, like we shouldn't be afraid to share what our goals are uh, as well as like write your goals down as well. I forgot what study it was, but as silly as it sounds, like, you know, writing your goals down uh, on a piece of paper or sharing with someone else, like, Hey, just so you know, like accountability wise, like I want to do this by this time frame and achieve this, like just putting it out there in the world outside of just your own mind, that's going to help you for whatever scientific reason. I don't know that someone else smarter than me has done the research on it. That's going to help those goals become achieved. Um, so again, specific, instead of saying like, 
oh, I want to get stronger. Okay, well, how do you want to get stronger? Well, for me personally, like, I want to gain, you know, 20, 30 pounds on my next deadlift this year. That'd be great for me. That's also measurable. Like, I can test that in a smart, systematic way. Okay, well, how do I make sure that my deadlift did go up 20, 30 pounds, right? That is achievable, too. I'm not saying I want my deadlift to double by, you know, 2025. I'd be setting a few world records, I think, if I were doing that. But I don't think I quite have the ability to do that. Um, You know, making sure that it's relevant. Like, I shouldn't say, like, okay, well, I want to max my deadlift every single day so that my, my back pain can go away. Like, that you know, that's not relevant to letting back pain go away. Like how about we add different mobility work or something or different core exercises, core strengthening, stability routines to to get that, uh, to make sure that we're keeping that relevant to that goal of like keeping our back safe and healthy. Um, and again, time oriented, you know, this may be something where I, you know, throughout the entire year of 2024, I, you know, I'm going to take my time with this or you know, my personal goal, and I should say my actual like New Year's resolution is I want to compete in a sprint triathlon um, in mid-April. And that means that, okay, over the next uh, just under four months now, I have to make sure that my training is specific enough to that goal. It is time-oriented. Um, it is achievable. Like, I'm not in the best of shape, but thankfully I'm not in the worst of shape that I should be able to do that in about four months. It's very objective. I know the distances that I need to cover, and it's uh, it is specific. Like I'm going to compete at this event on this date and complete that. So again, just making sure that you know we have at least a little bit of a moment to kind of self reflect and think. Okay, well, what are like what is a desirable outcome for me for this year? Rather than just saying I want to be better, I want to lose weight, I want to drop body fat. Not that those are bad goals, but I think we can pull a little bit more out of people than just that. I want to lose 5% body fat uh, before summer starts. And to do that, I want to make sure that I accomplish X, Y, Z when it comes to uh, doing some sort of meal prepping or eating so many more vegetables or manipulating my plates this way or whatever that may look like. So um, again, step one, we need to know what we want to do, but we have to be specific with understanding what we want to do. So with that we also want to make sure that you know if we have these goals in mind whether we like it or not there's probably going to be some sort of boundary or limiting factor for our ability to achieve these goals um, i don't think anyone has the absolute perfect life and perfect schedule where if i say i want to do this and there's nothing standing in my way of it like that's probably not realistic like I want to I'm, I'm, I want to do that sprint triathlon uh, in April, but I also have a little bit of like uh, nagging quads and pain. So like there's a small injury there that I just need to make sure that I'm smart with working around. Um, I also have a full time job and I have to go to work and spend time doing that. So I can't just sit there and train and cook food and do all that all day. And it's also my first time doing this. So like there's going to be a learning curve to me establishing my training for that and everything else. You know, not that any of those are like a complete wall to me achieving that goal, but there are going to be certain roadblocks or maybe little bumps that we just need to be aware of. And again, have that self-reflection to making sure that 
we understand what those roadblocks are so that we don't let something, you know, a potential obstruction to our plan completely destroy that plan. We need to address each of those individually too. Um, if you do have some sort of injury or if you do have other, uh, you know, time factor issues, whether it's, uh, you know, family or work related or you don't have enough equipment to do what you want to do. Okay. We need to take inventory of what those, for lack of better words, problems or boundaries or limiting factors are so that we can address them before we make our plan. Uh, because again, it's not going to be perfect for anyone. We need to make sure that we work with and work around these boundaries. If you're trying to just force a square peg through a round hole, you're probably not going to be super successful. You may have a, a very smart goal that is specific and achievable, but if you're not taking into account the factors that may limit you from being able to still achieve that, that may be like, again, lack of equipment or lack of time or whatever else, then we need to go back to step one and kind of readjust our goal. But if we do have a good understanding, they are just roadblocks. They're not a wall preventing us from getting to our goal. Then that just helps us put something in context uh, for when we're putting that plan together next step three. So this takes us to step three, making a plan. Uh, you know, this is arguably the, the meat and potatoes uh, where our time and efforts need to go towards when we make some sort of a New Year's resolution. It's really easy for us to say, oh, I want to do this and doing that from the comfort of our couch. Uh, it gets a little bit harder when we actually have to sit down and strategize like, oh, OK, well, shoot, how am I going to do this? I think. You know, Justin, you and I, when we meet with clients, one of the most abundant problems that we hear from uh, clients or people that we consult with is, well, I don't have time to do this. And I think that there's a lot of validity to that to a lot of people. But I think that there's also always ways that we can make time to devote towards our English resolution. So I know we, we put together a guide a while back that maybe we can uh, link to this podcast, but I think coming up with a system of how we generate our schedule uh, before actually going into like what that training schedule may look like is really important for us to do. So all of us are going to have, you know, whether it's work or family obligations, you know, things that we like, I'm not going to skip work just so I can go to the pool and get my swim in for that part of the week, right? We need to make sure that we block off the times of like, hey, from these hours to these hours, I have to be at work or I have to go pick up my kids from school or I have to sleep. I have to do whatever I need to do to like live my life. And again, what are those consistent priorities going to be? This is if we were to take a weekly template of what our schedule may look like, first identifying what those consistent priorities are, like different meetings, work times, whatever, whatever that don't change, that's what we need to block off and say like, okay, these aren't going to change. Second thing, if we're looking at that weekly template, is going to be, okay, well, what are the supplemental priorities to those consistent priorities? So like what supports your ability to maintain those consistent priorities, like going to work or um, you know, taking care of your kids, family time, sleeping, everything else. Um, like we have to eat. We have to make time for breakfast or lunch or cooking food. Or, you know, if, if, again, if we have a family, like you need to devote time uh, part of the afternoon or evening to say like, no, this is when I'm spending time with my family. This is when I'm playing with my kids or this is when I'm 
going to see my parents or whatever else. So those supplemental priorities are what supports our ability to do those consistent priorities. And right there, when you take a look at that, and if, again, you're filling up your calendar with those consistent priorities and those supplemental priorities, that should take up like 80, 90% of like your so-called weekly budget of time. But the third step is, okay, well, what are your personal priorities that may not relate to those consistent or supplemental priorities? Uh, that's where we can allocate, you know, 10 to 20% of our remaining time too. It may not be perfect. It may not be ideal. That may mean that, you know, one or two days a week, like, well, shoot, that means I have to go get my run in at 8 PM when it's probably the last thing I want to do, but it's okay. I only have to do it maybe once or twice a week. But again, those personal priorities would be things like, you know, that's when we schedule our workouts. Or if we need time to just meditate, relax, we want to journal, we need a cat nap or something every few days. Like this is the time that that 10 to 20% of our weekly time budget where we can sneak in. Okay, well, this is the time that I'm going to devote and that I'm going to allocate towards getting towards my New Year's resolution. And then everything else, like what we'll call our secondary priorities is like, okay, well, you're not just a robot that needs to go to work take care of your family and work out and go to bed. Like we still need some time to, you know, binge watch a Netflix show or um, go hang out, go to the movie, go to a restaurant with friends. So there's still going to be those secondary priorities and a little bit of time left over where we can also allocate those things that are irrelevant towards the work schedule or training schedule, wherever that may be. So, as we're making our plan and making our schedule, again, going through it systematically as, okay, block off your times that you need to go to work, that you need to be a human, then block off the times that support your ability to do your job, to be the person or the family member that you are, and then put in, okay, well, here's my personal priorities of how I want to um, you know, work out, or maybe your personal priority is, I just want to take more time to myself to watch Netflix or play video game, you know, more power to you. Uh, but in, again, in terms of like what we typically see with these new year's resolutions being a little bit more training or health oriented, but this is where we sneak those time frames in. And then lastly, you know, what, what's secondary, what can we put behind everything else? Like, okay, if something opens up and you can get to it, what would you like to do? So as we get a schedule or a plan put together, I, I think we could go on and on for days as far as like, Okay, well then, what does a, a training program really look like? Or if I want to run a marathon, what do I need to do? And I think there's just a lot of variability to what New Year's resolutions can be from one person to the next. So it's hard to say, you know, universally or holistically, like, okay, well, you know, everyone needs to do this if your goal is to be healthier, because it may be very different from one person to the next. If, you know, if I want to, do a triathlon, that's great. If someone else, their goal may be, hey, I want to be able to, you know, stand and walk around for 30 minutes without having pain in my knees or hips or back or something. Like that's very different and very uh again, the variability along that spectrum is very big. But if we can make a plan and figure out when those time frames are that we can allocate towards working towards our New Year's resolution, uh, I do have a few we'll call them training rules of thumb 
from both a, a strength training and endurance training perspective that I think we can go through that for the most part are going to be pretty universal for everyone. I love that you talked about like time budget side, side of things. And I don't think people recognize the fact that you, that's something you have to allocate. You allocate and you budget out your money, you allocate and budget out like your grocery list and the things that you're going to invest in for yourself throughout the month. But everyone seems to be like really reactive when it comes to their time. Everyone says like, oh, I'm really busy. But in reality, like, did you take the time to proactively plan out your week? You know, because when you break it down and you actually plan out your time correctly and you you know take the time and effort to put into that, you probably have more time in the day than you think you do. It's just filled with a bunch of stuff that's not actually productive for you or you're reacting to everything that's happening in your life. You know, so it's like, oh, well, this email came in and it changed everything that I have to work on today. And next thing you know, you're you know working until eight or nine o'clock versus how do you like plan accordingly, set aside time for things that may potentially come up or what you know the day looks like. And you're proactive with that. You actually free up a lot of time for those like personal priorities and secondary. Yeah, 100 percent. One of the healthiest things I ever did for myself, both professionally and personally, was a couple of years ago, sitting down and kind of going through that order of operations and listing things out. And I think what helped me the most is stupid and as simple as it sounds was like from a work perspective, you know, I, I work in a weight room where I may, I'm spending a lot of time on the floor. I'm also spending a lot of time in the office at my desk. Um, you know, I have certain training groups that I need to train at certain times, but I wasn't utilizing the times that I was at my desk and at my office as efficiently as I probably could have. So me just reflecting and again, like you said, proactively saying like, okay, like Mondays for these two hour time block where I am just sitting in my office, like I'm going to work on and try to get done like A, B, and C, like programming for, for this group of athletes, um, do some equipment oriented stuff and whatever else. And when I had that, like, again, just plan of like, okay, this is what I'm going to do when rather than, oh, man, I I just finished with that group going back in the office for a couple hours, like, just kind of doing random stuff. And uh, then by the end of the week, it's like, I didn't spend any time working on this. And now I have to spend the next four hours trying to get this done. You know, even if like from a time perspective, it still took me the same time to get everything done. I think being organized on the front end and having a plan of how I was going to get certain things done and when I was going to work out, when I was going to train groups, when I was going to get certain office oriented stuff done, it just took a lot of stress off me probably more than anything. Uh, So, yeah, definitely like getting that plan together, being proactive with it. And then, like I said, uh, if we're talking about when those personal priorities do come up, like training, working out, I think we can go into just a few different rules of thumb uh, from both a strength and endurance perspective. So, you know, if someone says, we'll, we'll go with the strength first. If someone says, okay, I want to get stronger. And maybe like they do get a little more specific with that. Like, okay, I want to be able to do a pull up. I want to, you know, squat my body weight for so many reps and do this or that, like developing the plan. They know, okay, well, I have, you know, these three or four days where I can spend, you know, 30 minutes to maybe an hour kind of working towards that goal. Now what? 
Um, just like with the New Year's resolution in themselves, we want to make sure that we slow cook this process. Again, it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Start slow. Um, keep the main thing the main thing. Like, don't try to get too cute with, okay, well, if I want to, you know, do more pull-ups and have a bigger squat and this and that, make sure the training that you're doing surrounds those goals and, you know, stays relevant to that too. But, you know, we can go over these rules of thumb, but at the end of the day, like, there's plenty of professionals out there. Like, also find help if you need it. Uh, there's plenty of, plenty of blogs, online coaches like us, uh, you know, personal trainers and different gyms. Find coaches, find help if you need it. Uh, because again, there is a lot of variability into what people's knowledge is on these topics. There's variability in what's good or bad for certain people. But um, again, if we were to go into just some general rules of thumb uh, from a strength training perspective, for most of the general population, and I know this is a big range, we want to try to aim for at least two to five times a week of having some sort of strength training session. Um, when we divide those up, you know, if we're only working out two to three times a week, the reality is we can probably train our total body each of those three days. Like we don't necessarily need like, okay, like I'm going to have a, a back and by day, a chest and try, a, a legs and abs day. If the frequency that we're training at is only two to three times, we can hit all of those different groups in one day. We're not going to you know, overload ourselves. The stimulus that our nervous system is getting, the endocrine response from all that is generally very good. So if you're only working out a couple times a week, train your whole body those couple times a week. But if you are, so let's say like, okay, well, I have four or five days a week that I can allocate the training. Uh, you know, in CrossFit, there's a lot of basically training total body every single day. But for a lot of other people, uh, you know, having a more strategic training split may be a little bit better for you. So instead of just going, you know, all main movement categories, we do some sort of like an upper and lower body split or a push versus pull uh, kinetic chain movement split. Or we do go to that kind of bodybuilding split where it's like, you know, back and thighs, chest and tries, whatever. Um, so at, at the end of the day, though, for each week, somewhere you know two to five times a week where we can devote some sort of time towards these strength training sessions so it's only two or three let's train the total body if it's four or more let's figure out what strategic split of those days works best for you uh, next is you know pick an emphasis like are you trying to build muscle are you just trying to get strong do you want to be faster more powerful do you want to increase your one rep max and just build that max strength and you know all of these can be done systematically throughout the year and you know we look at some sort of a longer term periodization like there's a time and a place for all these different qualities but at least at the start if we're like well yeah i just i don't have any muscle i need to build muscle and that's kind of me laying that foundation first okay from there if that that's your goal building muscle then try to aim for like three to four sets of uh, somewhere between eight to 12 reps for whatever main movements you're looking at trying to do, uh, whether that's a machine movement, a compound movement, or just an isolated. If we're trying to build strength, uh, you know, going for maybe a higher number of sets, like three to six sets, uh, but lowering the, the rep range to four to eight, that way we can bump up the intensity or the weight that we're doing for those exercises a little bit more. Uh, if we're trying to build that max strength, 
Okay. It could be four to eight sets. And we may just be doing like one to three reps, especially at those higher intensities and percentages that may not be for everybody. But as we, you know, if we do have a good, you know, muscle endurance foundation and we have good base strength, if we want to build that max strength, like a higher number of sets so that we're ready to hit just one or three reps of those main movements. Um, for trying to build power, aiming maybe three to five sets, uh, still that lower rep range, like one to five reps, but making sure that it is at a lower uh, relative percentage, uh, but still operating like we're still moving with a lot of intent. So just because, okay, well, this is a really light back squat. It's, you know, maybe 50% or 60% of like a theoretical one rep max. Okay, still try to move that 50 to 60% as fast as you can. Um, and really working those type two fibers, getting a little bit more explosiveness out of the training. Um, if, again, if our goal is to build power. So we have the days per week, we have our emphasis of what we're trying to work on. Um, another big one for me that some people have probably heard me say before is throughout the week, make sure that at least at some point, uh, we're trying to hit all primary movement categories. So if we are only training like two or three times a week, that should more than for most people mean that each of those two or three days, we are hitting some sort of a push movement, some sort of pull, some sort of squat, some sort of hinge, and some sort of core exercise. So push, pull, squat, hinge, core. And this is kind of the, the old Dan John approach, old strength coach. But um, at some point throughout the week, uh, again, it could be every day, or if we do have like our, you know, here's our squat oriented day, here's our pull movement day, our push, whatever. We do need to balance out how we're training our body and hit each of these different categories in some aspect each week. Uh, so pushing being something like a bench press or an overhead press. Pulling can be just anything that we're we're pulling ourselves towards something. We're pulling something towards ourselves, like a dumbbell row or a pull up or a lat pull down. Uh, squatting just exactly what it sounds like, bending at the knees and hips. Hinging, something where we're more primarily only bending around the hips. So we're working a little bit more uh, posterior chain in isolation. And then core, that's a, you know, a really vague term, but something where we're training our midsection, um, you know, somewhere from right below our chest to around the hip flexors, anywhere in that general area. Uh, it could be, you know, isometric core. It could be rotational core. It could be uh, you know, unilateral, whatever it may be, uh, but just making sure that we are developing that, you know, midsection, that core strength as well. Um, and if that's not enough, or if we need to be a little bit cuter with how we're programming our training, then, you know, trying to incorporate what we'll call our secondary movement categories. So things like, okay, training rotation, training unilateral work, or training plyometrics, jumping, you know, those kinds of things may be a little bit more advanced. So not quite as necessary for some of the general population but if you have a good foundation of strength where and like your your ability to push pull hinge squat and do core exercises is good enough and we need to get a little bit more specific or a little bit more advanced than adding some of that rotation unilateral work jump work uh, in there as well um Last kind of rule of thumb of people trying to to build that strength or from that strength training perspective is make sure that you're progressing one aspect at a time. And this kind of all goes back to that like slow cooking process. Like I think uh, 
you know, as especially as you get later on in some sort of strength training, try to refrain from increasing something like both your volume and your intensity from one week to the next. Uh, th- this would mean like, okay, well, this week I did three sets of five squats at, you know, 150 pounds. Next week, I'm going to do three sets of eight at 200 pounds. Okay, you're doing more reps, more weight. Instead of doing that, in most instances, it's probably a safer idea. Hey, pick one or the other. Like, do you want to build up that tolerance to higher volume? Okay, stay at that 150 pounds then, and then go up in the reps. Go from three sets of five to three sets of eight. Or again, if you're trying to build that strength, just stay at the three sets of five that increase the weight instead. So again, just as general training rules of thumb for strength, that two to five times a week, picking your emphasis, hitting those primary movement categories and making sure that we're just progressing one aspect. So from an endurance training perspective, uh, some of the things are going to be pretty similar to the strength side. Uh, you know, as far as rules of thumb for endurance training, frequency wise, try to aim for three to five times a week. And if you can, or if you have the access to the equipment, try to mix up the stimulus if possible too. Like it doesn't have to mean that you're running every single day. Like if you have a pool or a bike or a skier or a rower or something like that. Mix up the, the stimulus that you're getting from that endurance training so that, uh, one, it keeps it interesting, keeps it a little less monotonous, uh, but it can also take some of the impact stress away, again, as opposed to just running three to five times a week. Another rule of thumb is make sure that you develop a good aerobic base before going into like really fast or high heart rate stuff probably a good idea to start at just 20 to 30 minute long sessions where we're spending most of our time in kind of heart rate zone one and two, which just means like 50 to 70% of our max heart rate. Uh, next is breaking it up. Like just like we have sets and reps in the weight room uh, for strength exercises, we can do the same thing when it comes to endurance training too. Like if instead of just saying like, okay, well, I'm going to go out and run two miles and your gas by the end of the two miles like, I think there's some merit to saying, okay, well, I'm going to do, you know, four 800 meter runs and maybe I'm going to split it up and do like a core little circuit in between each set. That way you get that kind of active rest between each of the sets of the runs where you're still accumulating that same total volume. Um, next thing is speaking of volume is making sure that we do undulate that volume and intensity as well. So you, as you get better in shape, you have a good aerobic base, you want to make sure that you have you know, your higher volume days where, okay, this is going to be my long run day versus, okay, well, earlier in the week, it's going to be more of like kind of my shorter sprint day where I'm going to go at a faster pace, uh, shorter distance. Uh, but again, giving that variability in your training so that your training isn't so monotonous, uh, giving you a higher strain that we do have that balance between what that volume and intensity looks like. And then lastly, again, like, making sure that we progress one aspect at a time. Like after we have that good aerobic base, instead of just, you know, increasing, okay, well now I'm, I feel like I have a good base, so I'm going to go faster and longer. No, again, it's for some people that may be appropriate if like the, the level that they're training at or they started at is very easy, but at a certain point we need to stick to progressing just one thing at a time. Try to stick to just, okay, I'm going to increase my total volume or my total mileage this week uh, versus like, okay, I'm going to spend more time in, you know, this higher heart rate zone doing this. So, and those rules of thumb from an endurance perspective, 
three to five times a week frequency. Make sure that you have a good aerobic base before going a little bit quicker. Make sure that you break it up and don't go just straight sets for everything, uh, unless that's you know what your goal for that day is. Make sure that you undulate that uh, mileage and the pace, that volume and intensity, and that you are sticking to progressing just in one aspect. So we talked about determining our goal. We talked about understanding the boundaries that we have for those goals. Talked about planning for it. The last thing we we want to just hit on is the unfortunate reality that like it's not all going to go perfect, right? And that's definitely part of the process. We need to make sure that we take what we have, go with that plan. But after a week or so, like we may need to monitor and evaluate what we're doing. You know, we talk the cycle of planning, like planning, implementing, monitoring, evaluating. Every so often, we need to evaluate and see, like, okay, and how am I feeling? Is this sustainable? Do I need to add more? Do I need to back off? Am I starting to see the results that I want? Um, obviously, you know, patience is going to be a, a virtue with that, but things aren't going to go exactly as planned. And we need may need to make that second draft of what that original plan looks like. And something that, like, to not get discouraged about and understand that, that is completely normal. Like, w- social media may make it look like you know, everybody's training plan is perfect. And these professional athletes have like, you know, they have it locked down and they never need to change anything. And that's just not the case. We always need to adjust something. So give yourself some grace and adjust things. Kind of related to that last thing or last kind of point that I want to mention is that as you go through this and as you go through your new year's resolution, discipline is going to be greater than motivation and better than motivation, you know, 10 out of 10 times. Like motivation is a really good way for us to get started and for us to have that, you know, original goal. And it's, it's very easy. Like I said earlier, like from the comfort of your couch to say, yeah, well, I'm this year, I'm going to do a triathlon and I'm going to do this. But discipline is what it's really going to take to accomplish whatever those goals are. Um, the longer that you're disciplined after two or three weeks of being disciplined with whatever your plan is, that's going to turn into habits and that's going to be turned into, you know, again, these sustainable goals because it's just habitual at that point. So stay disciplined with what it is. Motivation is great, but at some point that motivation is going to dwindle away when stuff gets hard, stay disciplined with what you have. And it just makes it easier and easier. And we get desensitized to those moments that is uncomfortable um, or that is like, wow, last thing I want to do right now is work out. Still go work out. And then the next time that you say the last thing you want to do is work out, it will be just a little bit easier. So stay disciplined, get the motivation where you need it, but uh, you know, get that plan going. You got this and we can accomplish those New Year's resolutions together. Thanks for listening to episode eight of the Busy Fit podcast and stay tuned for future episodes.